This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being here today. Today, my guest is Sage Herda Klecker. She runs for On Running. She is a 800 meter and 1500 meter runner. She had a breakout year in the 800 last year, breaking two minutes for the first time and then just continuing to do it over and over and over again. She went to the University of Colorado where she was an NCAA indoor mile champ. She was a Pac-12 champion in the 800, an All-American, and it has been so fun to see her have some breakthroughs as a professional runner uh, with On Running, coached by Dathan Ritzenhine. She also has her husband as one of her teammates, Joe Klecker. And, oh, we also, in this episode, we talk about her time at the University of Colorado, and I ask her about some of her experiences there and what that time in her life was like. And this is super fun. A few days ago, this was after we recorded this episode, she was one of the pacers for Faith Kipyegon, who broke 350 in the 1500 for the first time ever. And wow, how cool that she got to be a part of that experience. Her most recent Instagram post is a picture of her and Faith together. I'm so excited to see what Sage has in store for her with this professional running career. And I hope you go follow along, follow her on Instagram. She's Herda Sage over there. Uh, And if you do enjoy the podcast, leave us a quick rating and review to let us know. And hopefully that will encourage new listeners to check out the podcast as well. You are entered to win a pair of Gooder sunglasses when you leave a rating and review on iTunes. Ooh, and actually, it's June, so let's pull our May winner. All right, our May winner, Mrs. Campbell, three, two, one. I struggled to find an engaging running podcast that actually made me want to come back and listen. That's what I'll have another does. Lindsay has very interesting guests on, and her topics are extremely relatable. I'm so glad I found this podcast. All right, Mrs. Campbell, three, two, one. Send me an email, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com, and we will get you a pair of Gooder sunglasses. By the way, I saw someone at the pool yesterday wearing the breakfast run to Tiffany's sunglasses in green, and I'm going to have to get those. They were like an emerald green, and they were so flashy and fun and stylish. Uh, So go check those out, and you can get free shipping when you use the code ANOTHER at gooder.com slash ANOTHER. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Sage. All right. Today on the podcast, we have Sage Herda on the show. Welcome to actually Sage Herda Klecker, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the update. (laughs) That's the update. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I love your poster behind. Can we talk about this? I must rest. Yeah. My rampage is over. Okay. Tell me, I need to know more details. I don't, I don't really know. Well, there's actually a good story behind this poster. Um, Joe ordered these posters. We have a matching elephant one that says, I no longer wish to be part of the circus. So good. Um, but he ordered them off of Etsy, these prints. And 
Then we didn't receive them for months. So Joe ended up filing a credit card claim, got the money back. And then randomly, this tube showed up at our house and it had like all these stamps on it. Like this thing had been all around the world. <laughs> like it, there were like Russian stamps on it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And we ended up with these posters. I mean, we ordered them, but it took like four months for them to arrive. I mean, that is crazy. Like to think of all the miles they traveled to get to you. Because yeah. where did they, they, I'm sure they started in the United States. Yeah, I don't, it, it definitely was roundabout. I remember early on we were tracking it and we're like, wait, why did it go to back to, I don't know, like wherever, <laughs> Turkey. I'm like, it was just in Turkey. Why does it have to go back? Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. But tell us like, was this, he picked them out for the meaning or you? And like, was there some significance to what they say? I didn't have anything to do with picking these out. So okay. I, we also have like a poodle one, but it's not put up. It didn't like quite match. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. They're cute and it kind of is fitting. Like I must rest. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And like getting away from the circus, like I can do my life. I don't have to be a part mm -hmm. of the circus that is keeping up with everybody else. I, I kind of love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Okay. So what's going on in your life right now? Right now, we're just getting ready for the track season to really ramp up. It's getting to be the time of year where I'm like gone all the time. It's really traveling. So I'm just, you know, starting to grind through some really hard workouts and getting ready next week to, to head out for a few weeks. Is it super fun to be able to travel and do this with your husband? Yeah, it is. It's definitely like a, a nice added benefit. Of course, our travel schedule coming up, it's like we might overlap for a few days. Oh, really? In a couple of places, yeah. It kind of goes like that, especially like because uh, a lot of the meets, they don't have every event. Mm -hmm. So it's like hard to find one with like a 800 that I'm running. In a, for him. Yeah, and for him, it's like he races a lot more infrequently than I do just because uh -huh. it's like you can only run so many 5 and 10Ks. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, it is nice. Like when we're in St. Moritz, just training for a long time, it's definitely nice to have him then. Cause like when you're actively traveling and racing, it's like easy to stay busy and stay entertained. But then when you're just at training camp for four weeks, it's like, I'm glad to have the companionship. Yeah. So tell us about life on the on team and what it's like. I really like it. I think we have a pretty good team dynamic going. Like, I feel like yesterday, I mean, we don't always hang out like every day, but yesterday was nice because um, Alicia had a housewarming party because she just recently got a house. Um, and so we all went over there and we even had the OAC Oceana people there. A few of them are in town, so they were over there too. And we all have dogs. Oh, not actually our, our, People on the team to dog ratio has really uh, <laughs> changed recently. Like when the team first started, it was like everyone had a dog. Then we lost a few people who had like half the dogs on the team. And so the number of dogs has really gone down. But um, yeah, so it's really great. Like we we had workout yesterday morning and we it's just super positive. Of course, now we're, we're getting so big, we're having to stagger the practices a little bit. But mm. I don't know. It's just like. No, there's no other group of people I'd rather spend three hours at the track in the morning and then three hours hanging out at night. 
So let's walk back to choosing to join on. You had a successful career at CU, indoor champion in the mile, Mm -hmm. which is super exciting. Um, Beyond that, though, when I was looking at your history at CU, that cross-country title in 2018 when you were the fourth runner, like that is that had to be such a fun experience. Like there are few people that get to experience that. Yeah, that was that was definitely the best experience that I've had. Well, at CU, just because we'd been so close the two years before, too. We'd been on the podium, but we hadn't won. Mm. And it'd been the same group of women that I was with. I mean, there'd be, you know, like, oh, one person would be the fourth runner that year. One person would be the seventh. But it was the same group of people. And we just did so many runs, so many workouts together. And it was really meaningful to finally, like, clinch it. Especially because that year we had lost the conference title, which we'd had for like the four or five years before. So it was this big pinnacle where we kind of struggled or like fallen short a lot. And then we clinched it and we did it in super dramatic fashion where I think at the time we had like the lowest winning score, at least in a really long time. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I know it was a while ago, but uh, do you remember like in that race, fourth runner, 22nd place, like... Like, were you thinking like, okay, every move I make right now could, could make or break this win? I was going in with like a really low stress, uh, like low stress approach because I mean, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to be low stress because when I was at the conference meet, I really just bombed. Like Mm. if I had done well, we probably still wouldn't have won, but like, it didn't help that I should have been like top five ish that year and or top 10 at least and I was like 20 like I, I finished better at NCAs than I did at the conference meet mm. um but so I was trying to go in like you just have to stay calm and like not freak out uh but it ended up just going super well obviously and I was in a lucky position where since I was the fourth runner by the time I was like a K to go or 800 to go, our coach was screaming on the side of the course, we're going to win. We're going to win. So it was like really low. Like it was super exciting to be a part of it, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I have to really catch people for us to win. It was more just like, okay, I just have to go out and do my thing. And oh my gosh, this is amazing. Everyone's running so well. But like when he's saying that, like how far out from the line are you? Or was it Heather or was it Mark? Um, it was Heather. Yeah, we were like 800 meters out. I mean, were you like, oh, but shoot, like, what if I like fall down or something? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't cross my mind. Good, I mean, good. They they were just absolutely going nuts. It was it was like, a, it was just, they were already cheering, already celebrating, basically. Mm. Um, tell me about your experience at CU. How did you like choose to run there? So I had two criteria. I wanted to do engineering. And okay. I wanted to go to a good tra- like running school, which is kind of a more difficult overlap to find than you would mm. think. Like not a lot of schools actually don't have engineering schools. Um, I I remember I had this list and it was like really good academic schools with like okay track teams, like uh, okay like academic schools with great track teams, and then sort of in the middle. Um, so that was kind of like what I was looking for generally. And then when I was actually able to get into contact with CU, it was like, 
I had such imposter syndrome. I thought mm-hmm. that it was going to be like a practical joke. I mean, I had a plane ticket and everything, but I was expecting to get to the airport and no one would be there for me. <laughs> Just because I was like, I was a small school runner. Like I wasn't by any means the best in New York state, like overall. And I thought like, this is University of Colorado. Yeah. The men's team at that time was like winning the NCAA title. So I was just really lucky to, and I mean, the fit was really well. I really gravitated towards the like, really, you're going to just kind of like grit it out and it's going to be really hard, but you're going to love it um, compared to some other schools where it's more like we have all the flashy stuff. Like we have the amazing, I mean, CU has great equipment now, especially like the current athletic director has put like big uh, effort, obviously, in like building up the football team and everything. So we have like a great athletic department, but other teams seem to rely more on that as like mm-hmm. a selling point mm-hmm. where at CU it was like, no, we're still like loading up in the dingy vans and going out to hammer for two hours every weekend. Yeah. There's something kind of like blue collar and like fun about that almost. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there's so much history with CU too. Like before you went there, did you read running with the Buffaloes and know all about like the legends that came from CU? I read running with the Buffaloes, but at this point it's so long ago I know that I can't. And of course I had no context. Like at that mm. point, I don't think I'd ever been out to Colorado. So I, I was like trying to picture these runs and stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, I tried to read it again. Did when you? I was in college, I tried and I was like, this is like way too close to my current life. Like uh, I can't, you know, it's kind of like, I, I mean, I only made it a few pages. I was like, this is weird. Like this is, it's almost like reading like an alternate reality of your current life. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I was somewhat aware, like when I was on my visit, oh my gosh, Kara Goucher was like at the run. That uh-huh. was super exciting. So I I need the big names like that. Yeah. Um, How did you go from like feeling like imposter, this is a practical joke, to I belong on this team, to winning a national title and winning the cross-country title as a team? Yeah, I think a lot of that transition, I mean, the biggest transition was definitely my freshman year fall because I was a freshman and Mm -hmm. I really was there because I was like, this is a team that could win an NCAA title. Like, I want to be a part of that. And so... I just like put my nose down and I also was very aware that I was a little freshman that was mm. like probably going to step on some toes. So I, there would sometimes be pictures posted from practice. My mom was like, why are you always in the back? Like what, whatever group I was in, I'd always go in the back. Oh, I think also that's how I think of it now, but I'm sure also it was a huge jump for me. So I was kind of just hanging on. Yeah. So I feel like throughout the year, I kind of like moved up in my training group, but every training group, I just hang out in the back. Oh my gosh. Um, wait, wait. So when did you meet Joe, your husband? Um, so, I mean, technically I met him when I was on my visit, but we didn't like, it was more of like a, a bunch of people were around. Mm. Um, so then I actually, this is like such a, I feel like, Gen Z, I, I'm kind of Gen Z type uh-huh. thing. Yeah, I uh, added him on Snapchat like before <laughs> before I went to school, and so okay. we ended up spending the summer. We weren't like really talking, but we were sharing some about like what we were up to over the summer. And so once I got to 
uh, campus. And then like a couple weeks after school started, he like reached out to me and asked if I wanted to hang out. Mm, was it like a hangout as friends or like what were I his mean, intentions? It was like, what would he say I mean, his intentions were? He definitely, I mean, I heard that he had told his friends that he was going to date me like before <laughs> I even really knew him. Like we hadn't actually hung out yet. Um, Very confident. But, yeah. I mean, he's just like, the type of guys like he makes up his mind he's like i'm gonna do it uh, <laughs> but he just was like hey do you wanna like go for a bike ride just like bike around Aww, campus that's a cute and, date uh, yeah i actually told him no i'm too tired <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm just like adjusting to this like college level training i'm like yeah. i do not want to bike around no extra physical <laughs> activity yeah it's like i already went around campus all day. I did my workout. That's enough for me. So you like dated through college then? Yeah. Because that was your Mm -hmm. freshman year. Okay. Yeah. Is there a lot of like inter-teammate dating? I feel like it goes through waves. Yeah. Like we have a couple good friends who are like team couples, Uh but then, you know, there are a couple team couples that like either were shorter lived or didn't last. And then there are a lot of people who are very strict. Like I'm not dating on the team. Mm, like this is my, I'm focused on the running. Yeah. Yeah. Or like it's too close and it gets too complicated uh-huh. sometimes. Uh-huh. Okay. So there's like some controversy going on with the CU and coaching and investigations and whatnot. And I'm curious coming pretty fresh out of, out of their, your feelings toward all that. Yeah. So I mean, my personal experience, I never had anything that I felt like was super negative um, about the coaches. I mean, there are two people managing 40 individuals. So it's kind of like a lot for any two people to like really process and give everyone like the energy and like emotional investment that they really deserve. But I feel like if people are curious, like Carrie Verdon just mm. recently had a quote on fast women that I thought was really appropriate. Like regardless of how many people had good or bad experiences, it doesn't really like matter. Cause if one person had something that was really traumatic happen to them, it's like nothing can really make up for that. Um, I will say I did actually participate in the investigation and I okay. did like a 90 minute, two hour interview um, talking about my experience was that how was that was that uncomfortable I mean it was kind of stressful because you really have to like go back and just relive like yeah these moments um yeah over the course of five years um and I really wanted to do because I have such like f- fond feeling like I I just love Mark and Heather so much so I wanted to try to balance of like I really appreciate everything that they did for me and like they they really had my best interest in mind in a lot of ways like my personal development um my personal growth but then trying to because I don't know where the investigators are coming from I'm like but it's also like a competitive environment so like Mm -hmm. not everything was always like super amazing and super positive it's like injuries happen and you know beef between teammates happens and they're they're just trying to figure it out themselves through each group of people so I don't know I just tried to I just tried to both give my story but then 
not really project too much because I feel yeah. like room like you hear rumors all the time either when you're outside the program inside the program and it's really easy to be like well I heard this mm. and I feel like I've I saw it sometimes when I was in the program where you get two steps removed and you're like wait that's not even how it happened mm. you know yeah it's so hard because it's like you, I talked to, um, Diljit Taylor about this a little bit, just with like college athletics and stuff. And it's like, you have to take everybody's individual truth at face value and believe people. And that could mean that you had a completely different experience, Mm -hmm. which is why, like what you said, Carrie's, Carrie's, uh, quote was so valid. It was so honest and true because two different people can have completely different experiences, which can be really confusing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I saw it all the time where the coaches would say things that would be like they had the right intention on it. But sometimes someone is bringing like a different emotion about that topic into the conversation. And so they hear what someone says in like a totally different way. And Mm -hmm. it's more like it should be more open to be able to have more of a dialogue Mm -hmm. in some ways. But I don't know. I just think it's super complicated and I'm not the expert, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you also feel like, um, you know, a, a lot of people I talked to on this podcast, like struggle with eating disorders in college and things like that. Um, what was your experience riding the like puberty wave and, and all that? Yeah. So I actually, this is where like my experience definitely differed from if anyone had like a more negative experience around this at CU. Cause I was somewhat of a middle school uh phenom okay uh where I ran like I won the state championship for cross country when I was in seventh grade like for high school whoa you're one of those yeah who was the other one Gabby um Gabby who runs with boss Um, oh Gabby Jennings yes I'm like who are these people running in in high school (laughs) championships as middle schoolers yeah yeah, and then I ran like two twelve for eight hundred in middle school as wow, well. That's crazy. <laughs> but then once I got into high school, it was both like my body was changing, uh-huh. and then also it was like a big social change, which is because I went to a small school, so literally we didn't even like change. It was the same people, same building, but I feel like socially it just totally changed, and so I I actually developed an eating disorder early on in high school. Okay. Um where I was just trying to like, cause I was seeing a little bit of a drop in performance. Mm-hmm. And so that was like my way of like trying to control the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst of that was definitely my freshman year, but it still kind of persisted um, as I went through high school. And then when I was on my visit to see you, this is my visit to see you. I'm just a prospective high school student. I was had Who my Who thinks meeting. she doesn't belong, but she does. I, I had my meeting with Morgan Heather. And this is like, Heather's just very direct. She pulled up a photo of me from the year before. Wow. And she said, you've lost a lot of weight since then. Like, what, what are like, what's changed? Wow. So interesting that she was like, really thinking ahead on that, like trying to figure out like, was there an issue? And for me, it was just like, really like, oh my gosh, like this is somewhere where this isn't acceptable. Like, Mm. I mean, not that I'm like, oh, my behavior is not acceptable. I, but I felt like, wow, this is a place where someone's going to be looking out for me, like in this area that I'm a little bit vulnerable. Wow. And make in like saying, no, this isn't like what's right. This isn't what's best for you. Wow. And someone who really cares. 
So I don't know. For someone who definitely struggled a little bit more with like being a bit underweight, it was just like very um, good for me to have that open, direct conversation. Because I feel like for me, like if we're not talking about it, that's when like an eating disorder can really thrive. Wow. I don't think I've ever heard a story like that where a coach just came forward before you're even there that had to make you feel like it's almost like you're going to be taken care of. Like you're going to be looked after. Like I want the best for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely the energy. I mean, it was like a bit jarring. Like it wasn't what I expected. You weren't expecting that. Yeah. But it was like, okay, wow. Like this is where I'm going to become like the healthiest runner Mm -hmm. that I can be. How did you move on from the eating disorder and like when? Yeah. So honestly, it was once I got to college. Um, A big thing for me was because it was so much about controlling my life. And then I got to college where it was like this really like new environment and things are always just changing. And there are people coming in and out and you're like living in more of like a group situation. Mm -hmm. And so I just like I didn't have the ability to and I just also didn't want to like give off that energy. Like I was trying to make friends. So I didn't want to be weird. So I kind of pushed myself in some ways with food just to like be able to connect with people and to try to go with the flow a little bit more. And then it kind of worked out where I'm like, wait a second, I'm eating more than I have. And I'm also running better than I have. Yeah. And I'm also like less, I'm like happier. So it just kind of all went together Mm -hmm. for me because I feel like some people like they have some success when they're when they restrict their eating, but I just I just get so unhappy. So I'm mm-hmm. like I just don't want to deal with that. So it was just a gradual thing. Like once I got to school, I'm like okay. And we also had a nutritionist um, at CU who we would check in with regularly, and she was super helpful in like helping me gain my confidence around my food, my body. Do you think about it at all anymore? Like, do you struggle with it at all? I don't struggle with it. I definitely, I still think about it. Mm-hmm. And like, th- this is the type of thing where it's like, I, I'm going to the doctor next month. And I'm like, I know I'm going to have to weigh myself. Mm-hmm. And like, I just don't, I just don't weigh myself anymore. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, it's, it's not necessary. Yeah. It's like the numbers that I feel like in some ways it's like, you think, oh, I have to weigh X amount. It's like, that's just something you made up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not based in any fact, at least like around me and my performance. And I, I really think that as I've gotten older and fueled better and um, also definitely a middle distance runner now, where in college I was a little bit more like leaning on the distance side. I'm like, I've gained, a, like, I've gained muscle. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really strong. So I don't know. I don't really think about it too much. I don't do anything to try to change my body composition other than like once track workouts get really hard and we're lifting, like things are going to change. But other than that, I don't, I don't control anything. Yeah. Your body weight changes too. Like as you get older and like, and not necessarily heavier or lighter, it's just like different for every person, like where you are in your menstrual, menstrual cycle, where you are in your season. It's like, there's just like five pounds swing. If you sit, stay relatively fit all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. My husband bought a scale a few years ago and I was like, why did you do that? I don't want that in my house. <laughs> That's how I feel too. I'm like, get that away from me. I know. I'm like, what? Why? And he, he doesn't get hung up on it. He's just like, I just want to know how much I weigh. And yeah, 
So I step on it occasionally and I'm, it's, it's always the five pound swing. It's always the five pound swing. So, um, yeah, well, that's not, that's good. That sounds like you are in a healthy place with that. It's, um, you know, I, I hope that through podcasts like this and just, um, stories getting out that young women can hear these stories and Mm -hmm. know that when they ride that wave of puberty and what comes after that, like that's going to be your strongest self. You just have to like ride that wave. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely better to just embrace it rather than punish yourself for it because that's just going to set you back more versus like, if you just ride it out, it'll be like a couple years and you should get out on the other side versus just going in circles in sort of like more of like, under fuel or get injured type cycle. Which is like just so hard to wrap your head around at 15. Like Mm -hmm. two years (laughs) when you're 15 is like a lifetime. Oh yeah. (laughs) And and running 212 in middle school. Woof. Yeah. No perspective. Yeah. I was the, the thing that really kind of brought me out of that was like, like the really dark part of it was a, my parents being like, okay, mm. you need to like figure it out. Um, and then B, just, I had this like great teammate, uh, these great teammates that track season and we were on the four by four and like that was, was able to like sort of reignite my like, okay, this is like competitive and fun versus yeah. like a lot of pressure and super stressful. All right, a quick break to tell you about AG1, a daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports the whole body, okay? I take AG1 every morning. Get up, mix it up with eight ounces of water, and that is how I start my day. Actually wake up wanting my AG1. It feels so nourishing. What I love about AG1 is it is a solution for the whole body support. It also saves time. It's just one scoop in the morning, you shake it up, and that's that. It's science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. AG1 helps you build your health foundations first. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drink ag1.com slash Lindsay. That's drinkag1.com slash Lindsay. Check it out. And that is Lindsay with an EY. All right, friends, back to the show. Okay. So how does that translate to your professional running career? You know, this is kind of interesting because I feel like that's always been like the the problem, I always take things very seriously. Mm. <laughs> and so that can either be a good thing because like yeah. I'm ready to perform or it's a bad thing. And it's like, you're taking it a little too seriously. Uh-huh. Um, but even when I was in college, I had some like inconsistency in my performances. And I really been amazed after college, how much more consistent I am. Maybe part of it is also because like the total amount of stress in my life has really gone down because mm. that was a really hard thing for me to manage in college, like going through an engineering degree mm-hmm. where I really kind of killed it in the engineering department, but like not without like a lot of tears and um, like long hours and stuff like that. So 
I, I just think that it's sort of a fine line to balance. And I think I kind of had to accept like, even if you don't, even if you're not like actively like pushing yourself and stressing yourself out, you still care. And like, mm. fundamentally, you really care and you want to succeed. Like, you don't need to put anything more mentally on yourself to perform. It's like a weight off your shoulders. Like you're still working just as hard, but you're relieving yourself of the pressure. Like just go do what you are fit to do. Yeah. It's like, just go do the workout. Don't put like so much thought into like, I need to hit these times. And like, this is how it compares to last year. And if I can't do this, then it means I can't do that. So yeah. Uh, why engineering? What's where did the love for that come from? Um, well, my dad, it was a, he did chemical engineering undergrad. Wow. And so I was like, oh, I'll do that. Too. <laughs> I mean, that was part of it. So like had professional running not been the thing. And then maybe in like 15 years, whenever it is that you retire from professional running, what do you want to do with it? Yeah. So originally I thought I was just going to go to med school after okay. school. Um, I even considered in high school applying because there are certain schools that have like combination uh, undergrad med schools where you can apply straight out of high school. And then it's just like one big wow. eight year program. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was never super on my radar because I'm also someone where like, I didn't just want to try to run professionally and like not be very good at it. Cause I just always want to like be really super high achieving. That's just, you know, how I'm wired without me putting any extra pressure on it. Mm. Um, and then, so it wasn't until I got to my junior year, cause I always thought like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And then my junior year of college, when I ran two flat and four Oh nine, when I was redshirting, I thought, Oh my gosh, like Maybe these are it. actually like good times. Like, yeah. I, I think I have what it takes. So then it totally shifted my junior year. Plus that was the year that I had, we had won the NCAA title in cross country. And so, because previously I said, I'm not doing any more than four years of school. Like there's no reason for me to do more than four years of school because I was definitely thinking about it from a school perspective. And then after my junior year, I said, no, we're just splitting up the last year into two years. And uh, like, I really wanted to make the professional running thing happen. And as I've gotten into professional running, my post-professional running careers have keep getting pushed off because at first I was like oh well I'll go through 2024 and now that it's oh, yeah. I'm like well you gotta go at least through 2028 oh yeah so yeah I don't I'm not putting too much expectation and it's definitely switched like I don't think I want to go to med school anymore because it's a bit of like a pressure cooker and I don't think I'm gonna be if I'm 30 when I yeah. start I don't think that's the energy that I want to have in my life in my thirties, especially like if I've been running, it's like, Oh, I might want to start a family at that time. It's like, I don't think that's the kind of life work balance for me. Be exhausting. I like, seriously, every time I go to like my OB, I'm like, how are you alive? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, like when was the last time you slept eight hours, like three days in a row? I know. I'm like, it could be a good job. It's just not set up to be. Yeah. I mean, I just like the lack of, of sleep and the residency. I, I think that they've gotten better about how mm-hmm. many hours they make residents work, but it's still ungodly. Yeah. Shout out to all the doctors listening. You yeah. Massive true respect. heroes out there and nurses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it all. Yep. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the older you get too, the more you're going to be like, oh, I'm still really young with your running. Yeah, that's what I'm starting to realize. I'm like, I'm turning 25 this like next month, which is still really young. I was so funny. I I was talking to my agent Ray the other day and Emily Pritt, who works with Uh him. And I was like, I'm getting so old. And they're like, you're just a baby. Um, so, okay. Last year, was it just last year when you broke two for the first time? Yeah. 2022. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you just like kept doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. Yeah. I mean, and the 800. I, yeah. Luckily before then I'd kind of run too flat a few times. Uh-huh. So like it wasn't the biggest you jump. You knew but yeah. you were there. Yeah. I mean, there's, there was a difference between like when I had run like 159 and just squeaked under. And then once I ran 150 and I was like, okay, I can like really do this. Yeah. Um, who were some of the 800 meter runners like over the years growing up and in, in college where I guess you were, you were running more distance in college. I know you dabbled Mm -hmm. in steeple as well. Yeah. But who are some 800 meter runners like of the past that you looked up to and tried to learn from? I mean, I just have always loved Ajay. Like Mm. I, there were a couple of years when I was growing up that I lived in New Jersey and I actually started doing youth track there and she was sort of like a big deal, probably at like the high school level then. So like I was always sort of aware of her um, from like right when I started track. So of course that's sort of like a lasting, Mm -hmm. like, um, and she had so much success. So I, I definitely always have like, I really admire her ability to compete. And uh, so she's just always been someone who I've looked up to and sort of like paid attention to in the 800. Other than that, it's kind of crazy. Um, I was watching some of the Olympic finals from years past. And I'm like, it's wild how much there's some turnover. Like uh-huh. if you're not really a student of the sports, like you don't know who these people are, especially if they're not Americans. I don't necessarily know everyone's names. Like I know totally. some of the big Americans that have come through, but I, I'm like, I didn't know these people. So I guess I, I'm not totally a student of the sport. So it's like, if you're a good American, I know who you are. Yeah. Um, 800 is so wild too. What's it like being in a race with someone like a thing who's like, okay, you're going to win all the medals and like, I'm lining up next to you and I want to compete with you. But Mm -hmm. how does that feel? I mean, it's kind of crazy. And I'm like, couldn't you have picked like another time to be a generational (laughs) talent, you know? (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, you don't necessarily think of like that. You think of like, okay, what, what do I bring to the table? And Uh like, in what situation can I be successful? And I don't know. You never think of anyone as like unbeatable. Because everyone, everyone's human. Like, even if you are the most talented person on the starting line and have the best speed and the best PR, it's like, there's going to be some point where it doesn't all come together. And it's like, I hope I'm ready on that day, you know? Not not like just her specifically, but just in general with the 800. Because that's like what, when you're on the starting line at the US final and you're like, okay, who do I need to be to be on this team? It could be super intimidating, but instead it's like everyone's human. Everyone's got to do it. So true. Um, a perfect example of that is Donovan Brazier. I remember last, was it the last Olympics, the last Olympic trials? And I don't remember which trials it was, but we were all watching it as a family. And, um, we were like, okay, he's on the team, like shoe in, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And my son goes, you don't know that. And I'm like, well, yeah. we kind of do. And he's like, no, you don't. 
And then mm-hmm. he didn't make the team, which, you know, yeah. like that sucks for him. But it was just a proof that like, even if you were like the one to win and make the team, there could be someone else that, that does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of fun. It's- yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> So are you going to lean, are you going to like lean heavy on the eight this year? Are you going to like push more for the 15 anytime? Um, I'm definitely leaning heavy on the eight. Like that's what our focus has been. Last year was super successful and we didn't really decide to start focusing on the eight until like maybe this time last year and, or even into June. Um, yeah, I think it wasn't until June that we decided, okay, we're going in on the eight which gave us like less than a month to prepare for the U.S. champs. Not that there's a huge difference, but it's just like we're running 800 specific workouts a little bit easier. I mean, not easier, a little bit <laughs> earlier okay. this year. And they're clicking a little bit better. And um, I mean, the 1500 is definitely in my future. And mm-hmm. I will probably – we're just kind of seeing like I'm not really – in a rush to run mm-hmm. a 15 or a mile, but like there's some talk, like if I do get into a diamond league type race, I will take advantage of the opportunity in the 15. Um, but just to get some experience, but I don't know, maybe next year, maybe after that, like there's just, once again, there's so much time. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not in a rush. I love that. Why did you guys decide to go all in on the eight? I think and my mom, my mom likes to talk about this. Aww. It's like the difference of being uh, competitive on the national versus the international level, mm-hmm. where even if I'm, I probably am like a little bit higher in the national rankings or whatever in the 800 relative to the 1500, but 10th uh, uh, world ranking. <laughs> is that what I see? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But like on the world level, like I, I mean, I'm in it, you know, like if they were to just put the best 800 runners in, I'd be in like the top section Uh, versus in the 15. I definitely have like, and I feel like the gap between being a 157 runner and like a 156 or a 155, it's like, it's, it's a big gap, but at the same time, it's like, that feels like an achievable gap to bridge versus like, for me, I run 401, but it's like, in order to really be up with the top people, you got to be running like 352, which is just like, that's, that's a lot of growth and development that I would need to make to be in a similar position, even to like be under four and be running like 357, which is probably realistically like the caliber of runner you need to be to uh, place well in the world final. So it's just a little bit of development and I'm just ready to be an 800 runner right now. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to us about Dathan as a coach. Um, Dathan's like a super nice coach. (laughs) He's like, uh, he's definitely like, not like a father figure, but he definitely like treats himself like he wants to make sure that everyone's like happy and taken care of. I mean, he's also a little bit of a madman where he just wants to do everything himself, Mm. but I've never had, like, I feel like some coaches, like if you underperform or whatever, they'll be kind of harsh or like they'll sort of double down on like why'd you do that and Dathan is never like that like no matter what he's always there like with understanding and he knows that like I feel like it's also being at the pro level it's like he knows that you really care and you really want to succeed and so he's more of their like crying with you which was just so different for me I'm like 
this is like a different relationship where like he's really in your corner and like he's going through it and he's so I, I say he's such an emotional guy because he is because he, he's like the most competitive person on the team so he when someone wins he's like twice as happy and when someone uh, uh doesn't succeed he's like feels it twice as much so I know it's just a really positive environment and he really believes in us all and yeah it's really been great can you imagine doing this without a team no, like the traveling and the racing is so fun. Like I'm looking forward to us going into that part of the being season, with but... your friends on the team. Yeah, but a lot of the year is kind of boring. Like in the fall and the winter, it's like you run <laughs> and then you sit at home <laughs> and then you run again. Like if you didn't have the people to kind of like check in with every day on the on the run and also go through it together because I feel like we really lift each other up because Mm -hmm. on average we're a pretty young team so it's been great to sort of have people to go through and it's funny like last year I was looking to Ollie like as like my mentor and he's he's only a year older than me (laughs) I'm like yes you know everything (laughs) he's just like telling me his experience from last year (laughs) Um, but yeah it's been awesome to have people around us and it's really fun actually now having because Helen O'Beary is in town and she's like getting increasingly uh, looped into the team because before she was just exclusively marathon training. And I mean, obviously, like it's just so cool to have like the perspective of someone who's so accomplished uh, around. So. All right. Listen up. Lagoon Pillows. Oh, my goodness. They are back to sponsor the podcast. And let me just tell you, Lagoon is the best pillow I have ever laid my head on in my 39 and a half years of life. I have looked for good pillows for a very long time. And before Lagoon, I was settled on a higher quality pillow I got at Target. Uh, I I mean, I've tried Tempur-Pedic. I've tried other brands. And this is by far the best. I think because it's so customized. You fill out a two-minute sleep quiz, okay? And whether you're a back sleeper, a side sleeper, a belly sleeper, however you sleep, these pillows are incredible. I have the Otter. My husband, Glenn, has the Fox. They are so perfect when you lay your head on them. And listen, if you want a more firm pillow, they have those options. If you want a more soft pillow, they have those options. And they even send you the filling so you can fill your pillow as full or as little as you want. It is truly customizable. And we all know that like sleep is so important. If you are not sleeping well and the thing that you are laying your head on is contributing to not good sleep, you need to fix it because we are all working really hard to pursue athletic goals and dreams and sleep is so important. So listen, go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y to get 15% off your order. And just then come thank me for changing your sleep life because Lagoon is amazing. All right, friends, back to the show. How about Josette joining the team? I love Josette. She's so fun. Yeah, it's been great having Josette on the team. You know, she kind of like fills in the gap of 1,500 5K runner that we didn't have before. Uh-huh. And uh, I mean, I haven't, I don't actually work out with her that much, surprisingly, given that we both are kind of 1,500 uh-huh. Um but I definitely come from it of like a speed, like hitting the hard anaerobic sessions um, where for me, like when I run a 1500, it feels like nice and cal- like 
relax uh-huh. and hopefully when I, <laughs> when I'm fit it feels like okay we're this is sort of a relaxed pace versus her she's just like a 5k like she's a 5k runner who mm-hmm. can drop a 60 second lab at the end of any race like that's her that's her mo I feel like she's just like super strong like she can grind it out with Alicia um in a lot of things wow so, yeah it's been great and having Robbie around too has been nice um, oh my gosh he's so sweet they're just like the yeah. sweetest couple do you guys hang out the four of you um we haven't hung out just the four of us um partly because it's like if things are always sort of in flux uh-huh. with us you know we're like traveling and first they were moving in and then traveling and then everyone just has different stuff going on but I mean we see them all the time so and Robbie's always so he like loves to help and it it was so funny I was running with him and Josette one day and I took my jacket off he's like do you want me to carry that I'm like no I can carry it but like thanks for offering I was like that's so kind of you that doesn't surprise me at all um okay what is something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet Oh my gosh, so much. I mean, I do really want to have a to, like a real career after running. Um, a real career. That's like, yeah. I mean, I don't know what that's going to look like, but uh, like, I I just really think that I want to have uh, a full professional career after running. Which I'm going to be a little bit late to the game, so I think it's going to be a tough transition. But I'm I'm really excited for that. And obviously, like per, like in running, uh, I want to like make teams and, you know, run fast. <laughs> so I, I feel like, you know, since I am so young, there's a lot of things that I haven't done. Like there's more things that I want to still do than that I've done. So exciting. What about this year? Like what are like 2023, what would you like to see yourself do? Um, Without the pressure. Yeah. I mean, I want to make the world team. I'd love, oh my gosh, once again, it's like, what are my goals? Like make the world team and run faster. Like those are the two (laughs) big things. But I also kind of just, I feel like last year it took me until the end of the year to figure like, Oh, I can be really competitive in these races. And, um, I want to hopefully get to that earlier in the year. Um, hopefully right out the gate, but we'll see. (laughs) And, uh, personally, I don't, I don't have like last year was kind of a big year with getting married. So so I, I, yeah, I don't have, but personally, I think, I mean, my big personal thing is like after the season, I want to go like on a fun vacation because mm-hmm. I feel like last year was so busy with um, all the wedding prep and everything. So I, I want to kind of take like a, a pause this fall instead of last fall. I was like super like kind of stressed and a little over over my limit. So this fall, I want to chill out a little bit, but like do something fun. Yeah. You definitely take advantage of that in your, you know, with the career that you have, like take advantage of those vacations and those trips you can take in the off season. Like how cool to explore the world, both running and just, you know, the freedom to do it. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, I'm like, extend those trips if you can, like go explore. Yeah. We're actually, cause I'm running in Rabat in like a week and a half and, uh, I'm going with some of the mile guys on our team. And we were talking about like, oh, which day should we go in? And we decided to go in on the earlier day oh, nice. uh, so that we can like kind of hang out and just see the sights a little bit. 
Yeah, and I feel like as a shorter distance runner, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, like I feel like with the marathoners, they're like, I can't get off my feet right now. Like I can't, you know, but like mm-hmm. you can maybe afford yourself a little more of that than a marathoner. Maybe not yeah. though. You yeah, tell me. Definitely. I mean, it's not like we're going to be doing like hiking. <laughs> yeah. It's not like we're going to be out there doing these crazy activities. Um, but I feel like as long as like the day or two before you kind of take it easy, mm-hmm. you're good to go. And it's also like not as much pressure as a marathon where you spent months yeah. preparing and like, this is the big one. Yeah. Uh, in that case, I'd be like, no, I am in my Not bed. doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your next race? It's that, um, that one. 800 in Rabat, yeah, which is the 28th, I believe, of May. Of May. Oh, yeah. you're leaving soon. Yeah, like I leave on – it's Thursday. I leave on Tuesday. Okay. So, How, do you yeah, feel just, good? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I We're doing that one, and then a couple weeks later, I'm running the Diamond League in Paris. So, I mean, I'm going to go as hard as I can rip off, but I think it's sort of like – we're kind of building this little training cycle up to Paris. Like yep. that's sort of the the big one on the, on the calendar. So awesome. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I enjoyed traveling last year and I'm excited to do it again. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, what's the best, most recent book you've read? Ooh, the best, most recent. This year I actually started writing down. I decided I was going to write down every book that I read. Love it. Cause I don't know. It seemed fun. I actually, the most recent book I read was Kara Goucher's book. Okay. Like I, I'm currently reading a different book, but that was the last one I finished. And I I liked it. It was kind of weird though, because as a professional runner, like not that I am having the same experience as she had, but it was just like, it was just like when I read Running with the Buffaloes, I was like, this is so weird. Like this is so similar. And obviously she went from CU to being a professional runner and, um, I obviously like I know some of the people who uh-huh. are in the book and so I was having these weird dreams like, <laughs> where I was her um, That's funny. but I yeah I thought it was really great and really interesting um what are you watching right now oh well I just finished Queen Charlotte on Netflix oh is it good yeah it was really good um I'm a big like movie tv show crier so the last episode really got me <laughs> i keep getting it it keeps popping up for me yeah have you watched the other bridgertons i haven't watched bridgerton i i yeah. like started it and i feel there was, like, i feel uncomfortable like sex scene and i was like i don't know what if one of my kids walks in the room i don't know yeah yeah i feel like the queen charlotte it's a little bit i mean it's different i feel like the storyline is better yeah um, okay, last two questions. Who's someone fun, motivating, or inspiring you'd like to have coffee, tea, or cocktail with? Yeah, so I was I was thinking about this, and I was like, you know what? This is, kind of goes back to some of what we talked about. My favorite thing to do when we go on these trips, we, my teammates and I, will just go to a coffee shop, and we'll sit and just drink coffee, like, the whole morning. You know, partly it. we're fighting jet lag, yeah. but partly we just – we just like hanging out with one another. And I don't know, that's, that's who I would want to spend a, a morning at a coffee shop with. I love when it's like someone answers like this. Cause I'm like, Oh, you're like living what you want to do. That's so yeah. awesome. You're like doing mm-hmm. it literally. Literally. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, what's your last message to leave with the audience? I don't know. I guess it's just a good, a good thing is always just to like live in the moment that you're in. I feel like that's one thing that I've always had a hard time doing just I'm always looking to the next thing but 
I always, you know, I perform the best, but it's not always about performance. I also feel the best when I'm just super appreciative of what I have going on. And I sort of think like this day is a great day and let's, let's enjoy everything that happens. I mean, you don't have to enjoy everything that happens, but find the silver linings and things. Yeah. Love that. Thank you, Sage. (laughs) Thank you for having me. This is awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. I so appreciate you. I so appreciate Sage. Go give Sage a follow on Instagram. She is Herda Sage over there. You can find me personally. I'm Lindsay Hine 626 at Lindsay Hine on Twitter. And we have a Facebook group. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. But long story short, my Facebook got hacked and taken over and I like don't exist on Facebook anymore. So I haven't been active over there and I'm not really sure what to do about it. You can learn more about this podcast and all the shows in our network when you go to sandyboyproductions.com. I highly recommend you signing up for our newsletter on the I'll Have Another tab so that the show notes can be delivered directly to you. Thanks, Lagoon, for supporting the episode. Go get some better sleep. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay. Use the code Lindsay for 15% off your order. Have a great day, and I'll see you next week.